T fade. Yes, sir. Worlds collide. Yes, I, like literally. We got the Eschology podcast meets everyday audios. That is one hundred percent worlds collide. Although I try to ease like just the tip of some Eschology content into the everyday audios, but every time I do that, I'm met with. <laughs> <laughs> Like, I see it in the chat, a bunch of Zs. Everybody falling asleep. My co-host is like, don't want to hear it. They want distance tests and $20 PA speakers, unfortunately. Well, I mean, we can we could do that, I guess. I, I try to tell them, look, if you want to do that, you can. Just at least put some processing on it and, uh, you know, care about how it sounds. If you want it to sound a certain way from 100 feet away, that's cool. Right. But, like, do some measurements 100 feet away and <laughs> let, let's, let's talk. Figure about, that out. Yeah, let's talk about it. I got to say, I think we first met maybe at Aggieland like three years ago. Yes. Three or four years ago, something like that. And you're like, I, I think you're the one guy who likes to do everything a little bit more difficult from a little bit different perspective. Yes. And try to make things as hard as on yourself. Yes. As possible. A hundred percent. You're the SPL dude that shows up in the SQ lanes. And then the next time, I think it was the second year I saw you at Aggie Land, you show up there with, a, was it a Colorado or something? That's right. And you had like the whole interior torn out oh, with that's... foam like oh foam egg crate everywhere like for no apparent reason because it didn't make it sound better at all oh my god no it it probably made it worse i i remember that now i had like tried to erase that out of my memory for a minute and i remember you saying oh wow egg crate foam everywhere this is gonna be like like studio levels type. <laughs> this, this has got to be great and then like five seconds into it you're like yeah no taylor fade making sound great again again <laughs> making sound egg crate again <laughs> <laughs> Dude, I literally just went on Amazon. Actually, you know, fun, that's a funny story because I was trying to prep my doors and I could not track down one, a resonance. Right. And I was like, you know what? Who needs, it's the money round. Who needs door panels? Who needs door panels? So I took the door panels off and just uh, spray glued a bunch of Amazon egg crate foam to the doors in patches and then cut like a semicircle around the woofer and then like just sort of press fit egg crate foam around the back window. I was like, yeah, uh, reflections. I mean, <laughs> I got this. <laughs> totally going to fix everything. It didn't fix anything. Uh, I'm still planning on doing that in the CRX, by the way. So that the egg crate foam is, has not seen its last days. Great. I think you competed in Mecca too that year and, and you were like in extreme or something because of there not being right. an interior to the vehicle. Well, that was strategic too because if you compete in extreme or whatever it was, you got like two or three judges' ears, right? Instead of just one? Uh, no, there were three judges in every class. Oh, was there? Yeah. Oh, well, I maybe messed that just, up. Maybe you just thought that you were... That's how you made yourself believe that you were doing good things. It was actually a stock class build that just didn't right. happen to have door panels over all the egg crate foam. <laughs> <laughs> And then you get into cycling instead of like just getting a normal bike, you get a fixie, right? Which again makes things completely way harder on yourself. Obviously, I do. I have this rare talent of making and things way more you difficult. Like start start a myself. podcast, but you do it on YouTube instead of, and, <laughs> <laughs> bruh. 
I am not, I'm not the technical brains behind our podcast, Everyday Audios. Shout out. Uh, that's Skip. He's supposed to, he's supposed to do all the audio stuff. So after this is over, you're gonna have to tell me how to get all that stuff on the audio only side. Cause we actually get that, we get that uh comment a lot. Like, can you put it on SoundCloud or whatever? So I don't have to watch your ugly face for an hour and a half. Here's our, our podcast that isn't really a podcast. It's more of a YouTube channel, but hey, you right. know, whatever. Hey, we call it a podcast. Joe Rogan calls this a podcast. That's I'm true. calling it a podcast. I can't argue with that. That's it. That's it. So, so what got you into audio in the first place? Oh, man. Dude, it has been a long road. And I don't know if any of the, the listeners of this podcast can relate, but I was that guy that would just shove as many subwoofers in whatever car I owned and didn't even know what ohm load was and just like hook every single thing up like home theater speakers throw it in the trunk of my civic and and i think that's where we all started is out. it okay good i'm just I'm, I'm hoping like my first bill was like a 1988 vw fox with a klh bandpass home audio sub in the yes. back yes so oh i knew you were my people audio Vox silver series six by nines on the rear deck yes Punk honeycomb fours on the dash. Oh my god, it's fantastic! JVC head unit. Just put an amp on the crap in the front, like you know, the radio will take care of the front stuff. <laughs> I just need the 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 slap, as my people call it. Is that what they call it? <laughs> That's what they. Say. I, I've never heard that. Half the community says slap, and other half is triggered by that. I know bass guitarists that use oh, yeah. that term. That's right, slapping the beer, <laughs> slapping pots. But yeah, so it's been a long. I've been doing it a long time, but to like. Fast forward past all the ghetto years. Well, I haven't really gotten past the ghetto years <laughs> yet. You're but still there. That's true. But I got a new job, and it's like an hour away. And I had a Lexus IS300 at the time. And I was like, man, if I'm going to be driving an hour commute, I'm going to put something nice in here to enjoy, right? It's a nice car. I'm going to do something nice. So I got, I bought a pair of used hybrid uh, Imagines. Is that, that's yep. the, the convertible ones, right? Right. I bought a pair of used hybrid Imagines off of Dyma from a local guy and put those in there, did the thing. I didn't know much about door prep, so I just put them in, probably self-tappers, who knows. Zip ties. Yeah, and but I was still like doing the SPL thing, so I had a ton of subs in the back. And um, that's really where it all started, the most recent version of the T-Fade audio quote-unquote career and uh it's it's just evolved since then but i figured out really quickly that i could only get so loud from a trunk especially a trunk of a car that the back seats didn't fold down so that one season i was done and bought a dedicated spl vehicle and uh which was what that was my first one was an s10 because everyone else had crx's and obviously i have to make it as difficult on myself as you, possible that's you. That's right. Maybe because everybody else is doing something. Exactly. It couldn't be because it works better. It's I because said, everybody else has a CRX. I'm not getting a CRX. I'm like, I'm getting an S10. And uh, somebody somewhere said, I was like, I want to do 318s in the back of it in stock class. And somebody's like, you cannot. It's impossible to fit 318s under the window line because that was like the cutoff. And you're like, watch me. Watch. Watch this. So I made 318s fit under the window line. Hold my beer. Yeah. So I was the only non-CRX in my class that year. But I, apparently people decided, hey, S10s might be okay. So I gave away the S10. I traded the S10 for an amp that year. And then I bought a CRX the next year. And the next year, I was the only 
CRX. Because everybody else <laughs> moved on. <laughs> That's right. They moved on to S10s. <laughs> oh, it's funny. Now, and yeah. when, when was this? What? What? Oh, uh, nine. Okay. Maybe. And what were you doing? I was. Mecca, it was DB all Drag, USAC. USAC. It was all USAC at the time. Because you're in Louisiana, That's right? That's right. And that was like the Which only... is basically like East Texas. Right. It was the only... <laughs> yeah, exactly. It was the only game in town. And um, it got... You, you ever get to that point, and I'm sure some of your listeners can relate to this, it gets to a point where it starts to get so serious that it stops becoming fun. Right, yep. Is that a thing? Oh, yeah. yeah. I think everybody has. Okay. I, I, was, I was there in 03. That's when I got out of car audio for the first... Because it was like I got myself in so deep and thinking that you have to be at this level and accomplish this much and have this build and make these people happy and have these brands and do all these things to meet all these bars that you set for yourself right. <laughs> and and going off of what everybody else says and thinks and does. And then you get to the point where you, you come to the realization that you're never going to be able to accomplish all that at once. Right. And then you're never going to be able to live up to anybody's expectations, which are mostly your own. And then yeah. you just stop. Yeah. And then most people at that point, I think maybe they just get frustrated and give up and, and decide that I'm not doing this anymore. Right. Unfortunately, because then we lose a lot of great people from the community right. that we want to see right. at shows and right. stuff. And for me, when a lot of people, I get a lot of messages asking advice for this or that. And I tell them, like, man, look, if, the, if it's not fun anymore, right. take a step back. Go smaller. Start a new challenge mm -hmm. with, with doing something cheaper or, or use a, you know, set a budget or set a certain class. And that's usually the advice that I give to anybody is pick a class first yeah. and then build around that. Because a lot of people they come out of the gate wanting to go into Mod X <laughs> or Super Extreme or what unlimited everything. Impress like, everybody on Facebook right. instead of doing something that is within exactly. their means and ability and time and everything else. And it's it's different on from social media for SPL because you can you get sort of a, a visual feedback for showing off an SPL system. Right, y'all don't even allow. Uh, sound quality videos, <laughs> but uh, you know you can see hair tricks. You can see people breaking right. windshields. There's, there's a visual aspect to right. SPL that is not in exactly. SQ. A lot of the guys coming up think that they need to be at that level right away. I'm like, man, just pick a class, go to a show, get some demos, set a budget. You know, keep it reasonable. And I think the same thing applies to SQ. Is like pick a budget, stay reasonable, right. and just. Don't try to do it all at once. Right. Well, and, and a lot of times, uh, I think myself, because I've done it over and over again, it's like you build something fairly simple, but good right. and solid. And you kind of take your time and put it all together. And then it turns out good and you do well with it and everything else. And then you, your brain is automatically like, well, man, but if I did this big, huge, amazing build, right. it'll be <laughs> that, that much better. better. And oh, it's my like, God. You get done and it's like, may not even be as good as the one you had before dude and you're like what and what? then you just get depressed what happened right. it was supposed to be way better right like, this is supposed to be so much more fun yeah. and it's like i had way more fun back when i was competing with a crap car with yep two thousand dollar system in it. exactly that is so it's that's the truth though it's the truth like how can you have fun if you have Man, I don't even know what some of these guys got invested in their cars, but I could guess. You know, like, right. how do you have fun if you're not winning with, like, 50 grand right. into a system? Right. Holy crap. 
Well, and, and you set your the bar so high then, and you've talked so much crap on Facebook by that point that you, yeah, that's true. <laughs> you that's have true. to you have to meet the certain standard at yeah, that point. To, so much crap talking uh, on in SQ. I mean, it's low key, but it's there. Oh man, it's you know mostly in the form of, of legal papers. Yeah. You know, <laughs> it's right. like I'm going to serve you, good sir. <laughs> I see your 83. I will make that an 83.25. Oh, man. But, yeah, it's... So, if you could speak to our audience just for a minute about one of the biggest criticisms of SQ that I get from our people mm-hmm. is that it's subjective, right? What you think as a judge sounds good may not be what I think sounds good. Right. And I try to, I try to tell people that that's fine if you like it a certain way. It doesn't make it correct. So how do you, how would you explain to, say, our listeners just what is correct versus what you prefer? Well, I would say there's undoubtedly a certain amount of subjectivity to it, and it's it's just a different paradigm. If you try to call it perfectly objective, it's just not, but in a lot of ways that kind of is what makes the game a game to play in a different way. So I guess the cross criticism on that would be with SPL, it's become so objective and across the board with everybody having to turn pro and everything else that pretty much everybody knows where they stand before they come to a show. Right. We've brought this up before that the accessibility of an affordable uh, sound pressure level uh, meter, the Termalab, right, has actually ruined show attendance because everyone knows what everyone else is doing right, before, before they, they even get there. <laughs> right. So if you're not going to show up for second place, if you know the guy across the across town is doing 160 dB and you're only doing 158, what's the point? What's the point? Right. I'm not going. Right. So it, it's there's a level of NSQ where. This is where with the SQology, we've really pushed to bring the different organizations together and and bring as many judges into it as possible that are you know qualified to give feedback on it. And a lot of a lot of the participation in sound quality competition nowadays isn't so much about the competition and the placement itself as much as it is in getting feedback and and hearing other people's perspective on how to improve what they're doing to get to that next level. Right. Because when you're using your own bias and reference to listen to your own system, right. it can be one of those things where, well, this sounds really good. <laughs> and and you're missing a lot of things because you've become so accustomed to what you're hearing. You know, right. you kind of get in your own zone. And when you're judging, it's um, encourage people to print out some score sheets, and grab the music of whatever the organization uses, whether it's Siaskadesk, Mikadesk, Imadesk, whatever, and then at a show, go actually kind of judge 8, 10, 12 cars that are there regardless of what class they're in, whatever, but just go through the process of doing that, even if you don't know exactly what all is there. But you'll notice pretty quickly that your internal biases start disappearing fairly quickly when you go through that process and you're able to go, okay, well, this car meets the criteria. This car meets a different set of criteria. And 
two 74 point cars can sound completely different. Right. Yeah. Right. That I think that's the criticism that a lot of people that haven't heard back to back 74 point cars, for example, may have like, I think this one sounds better, but it's a 74. I think this one sounds better, but it's a 74. But this one's got better mid range. This one has better mid uh, woofers or or whatever. And to a certain point, it's at a certain point, it's it's kind of. Who brought it that day and played the game the best that day? I mean, it's it's like how much how much does like is this car? Let's say, for example, those two seventy four point cars. Mm-hmm. How much does this one is more fun to listen to? Does that come into play at all? Because I mean, we all know mid bass and and uh, sub bass is fun to listen to, but how much does that come into play at all? It does to a certain degree. I mean, the the number one thing, whether it's Iaska, Emma, or or Mecca, I think the biggest thing that comes across in any of it is trying to have a balanced presentation that works to the strengths of the vehicle and the build. So when you're judging a vehicle and you you don't want anything to stand out in terms of good or bad you know something really right. stands out as being oh this this car has a ton of mid-base well that doesn't make the presentation of the entire thing necessarily mm. correct because the mid-base okay you might get a better a better mid-base score if it's really good right. and everything else but then it, it's covering up the lower mid-range so then i can't mm. give that as much definition but then, you know, when it comes to balance, sub-bass and mid-bass are two of the hardest things to really get correct for anybody because we all have different body shapes, sizes, how we perceive it. The weather can make a difference. I mean, it's, there's a lot in, involved there. Can you speak on the body shapes and sizes uh, versus mid-bass for a second? Because this guy, the guy we just met, Nick, Yeah, uh, I listened to his truck. And it is way, way left for me, like literally right in front of the steering wheel. Mm-hmm. But for him, he says it's right center, but he's obviously a little bit bigger than I am. Mm-hmm. I mean, by like three times. And I'm wondering, if, is that, a, is that a, a size thing? I mean, I know I know competitors have different seating positions for certain. I was going to say, it might, it might be a listening position thing. I'm just wondering, and I don't mean to be offensive here, but. Um, is it a volume thing to to put it? In some cases, it can be, and I'm not I'm not qualified to really go into all those things. I just know that even myself, being ninety pounds heavier last year to this year, <laughs> um, it do you hear differently? It feel oh yeah, absolutely, really, and especially in terms of sound quality. I mean, you're you're not only perceiving the sound in your head through your ears i mean how it hits your chest you know in the mid bass and the sub bass i mean you're feeling it hopefully not that much but i mean you're feeling it in the seat you're feeling it it's kind of surrounds you if you feel if you have mid bass drivers mounted in the kick panels for example that's going to have resonance into the floor where your feet are i mean that's why a lot you see a lot of the sound quality guys put a bunch of towels and foam and stuff on the ground trying to isolate the sound as much as possible because to back up a second, I mean, in sound quality, especially in, in car audio sound quality, one of the biggest goals is to really have 
the the car, the speakers, the locations, everything disappear. You don't want to be able to right for sure. You don't want to be able to point it where anything is coming from in terms yeah. of sound. So, for example, I mean, when I was bigger around, if I was in a smaller car, my side of my body is pressed up against the B pillar and the and the door. Well, if there's door-mounted mid-base drivers, mm. I'm perceiving that whether, no matter what, <laughs> I can't right, really right, change right. things. Also, if you're bigger versus, you know, obviously if you're taller, like I have very, yeah, I'm 6'2", but I have a long torso for that. My legs are more of somebody that's 5'9", five, 5'10". Five, so if I sit up in a vehicle like a normal person would, I'm touching the ceiling nearly every time. Mm. And that changes, you know, that, that height difference, especially if you're like using A pillars or or sail panel mounted mid range or tweeters, that height difference can make a huge difference. Like my biggest learning experience that was in and, and to get to your point as far as where that center is, in two thousand thirteen, the first time I competed the G thirty five, it had uh, sail mounted mid range speakers, no tweeters. And again, I sit quite high in the vehicle and for me the center was nearly perfect well one of the judges was from the uk and she was like 410 and i didn't account for her i hadn't even thought about it but i didn't count for the height difference at all right and if anybody sat in that car the seat is basically in the back seat so i mean shaquille o'neal could fairly easily sit in that <laughs> vehicle of course she's so far back, so far down behind the B pillar. So for her being so low, she wasn't getting the same angle between the left and the right speakers at all. For her, the center image was directly in front of her. Just because I neglected to seat her properly and understand what was happening there, just her score took me from a strong first, second place to last place. Boom. Like that. Well, uh, did, do they do center in the the middle of the steering wheel overseas? I heard no, that. No, no. No. Well, at least pretty much everybody at this point. I mean, some people center, might. Center. Yeah, some people might go there, and you can you can kind of apply the rules in Emma a few different ways depending on how because they're going from the overall width. So, like for example, if you well, were, that's the difference between Iaska and Mecca too, right? It's physical versus virtual. Uh, Mecca's pretty much doing boundary uh, boundaries of the soundstage as well now. Okay. So yeah, it's the left and right are based on the actual perceived stage, and then center is what is between that. So if your right is outside to the mirror, for example, and your left is in at the A pillar, then your center Should actually be, needs to be a little bit right of right. center. Okay. Based on the perceived stage. What would you say for people that? I don't know if this is even a thing, but it occurs to me. You should not have to have like laser pointers and blue tape on your A pillar to dial in someone's ear height within like a millimeter. Like, shouldn't your sweet spot be a little bit bigger than having to perfectly align someone in there? Like, shouldn't it just be somewhere near the headrest? It sounds awesome. It depends on how critical you get with your timing and tuning. Obviously, the more the more you can get into that sweet spot, especially, and again, it kind of depends on the speaker locations in the vehicle. The more 
Like if you've got the speakers more on axis on the dash or in the A-pillar or on the sail panel, almost any of those locations where it's more, the speakers are more directed at the person using fewer reflections of the vehicle, which is typically going to give a more accurate presentation or at least have the potential to have a more accurate pre- presentation um, also gets those timing and getting the alignment correct to the listening position much more critical. You mean in so much as having the reflections match the direct? But well both. But I mean if you have if you have the speakers, for example, in a factory dash location firing up into the windshield or in the kick oh, panels. It'll scatter right, and right. have a little bit okay. Right. Or in the kick panels where you have a little more distance. The problem is is especially like if you're in the sail panels or pillars, I think I think and somebody might correct me on what I'm saying here, and that's fine. But uh, in my opinion, at that point, it's because you're using so much time alignment and amplitude adjustment to get the center image in the correct spot that you really have to then have your listening position really from, dialed in. From a kick? No, from a, a higher location. Oh, like okay. a, right, a right, sail right. panel, you know, a sail... That's why I'm saying a kick panel or, or some factory dash locations like that are going to be less critical because you're not having to rely on the time and amplitude adjustment so much to make that center image. Maybe that's where I'm going wrong. Are people using level to adjust the left and right? Because I don't do that. Yeah, so typically... Uh, for like mid-range, yeah. for like a mid Yeah, yeah. So typically, I mean, we're a mid-base driver, for example... It's is all is all time right, and then you get up to into a tweeter, and it's almost all levels. All levels, right? And a mid range, it's a combination of both. But typically, what and again, your mileage may vary. Your approach. Where does might that vary. come? That comes in like what one point two k or so. They say one k one point five. It's it's but, in that between range. the time yeah, and right, and right, intensity. Right. Yeah, I'm not going to name anything because <laughs> I name names. Email, we name names on my podcast. Call them out. Email Ben. <laughs> um, so it's a combination of both, but typically, I mean, the general approach is to use time to get the image correct in terms of getting the image as tight as possible. And in terms of hearing, I'm hearing the left and the right at the same time. The arrival time is happening at the same time, right, right. which is obviously going to get the image much tighter where it's a smaller for I ask, uh, especially, you know, that I ask is really going for that really defined image. So, how defined does it need to be? Not to take you off track, I'm sorry, but go ahead with yourself. Anyway, so the approach would be to use the time to get the image as defined as possible and then use level to get the image in the right position. So, time before level? Typically, most people I know do time before level. Really? Because uh, I do level and then time. That's yeah. interesting. The idea for most people that I, again, right. your approach might be completely right. different. Sure. But that, you know, if you're going from the listing position, the time should theoretically never change. Although, uh, just to clarify, I'm when I say level, I'm talking about pairs. Like tweeters to mids to woofers, like dial it in by ear. I don't mean left and right. I'm talking left and right. Uh, yeah, right. Okay. So yeah, we're, yeah, definitely. Yeah, from on the, the one side doing I, everything on the left or everything on the right, then I mean you can kind of take that approach, probably pretty much however you want. I'm definitely behind the curve then because I very, very, very rarely, if ever, actually 
use attenuation for anything other than tweeters. So maybe I need that's something I need to explore. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it, and it'll happen in the mid base as well because, especially in a door mounted mid base, because obviously that one side is going to be louder than the other side. So even even then, you're still going to typically need to use levels in addition to just the time to get the center feeling from the from the main position. And you know, you're we're getting deep here, but <laughs> our, <laughs> let's our, go deep, baby. Our abilities with the you know with modern day or current day DSPs is very archaic in the fact that you know our time delay is only per signal. Did you just say our modern day offerings are archaic? In car audio, yeah. I mean, are you kidding me? Well, because we're only able to adjust the time delay based on like, okay, I can change the time delay on that speaker, but versus what frequency. Versus being able, because I mean, you're, you're, is that a thing? Well, like, like, uh, Dirac and some other things like that, they have like 4,000, I think, uh, again, I'm, they have thousands of different time delay points that you can go on because your wavelength is different at every frequency. Right. So if you, so if you're using time to try to get something into phase, then okay, so I can make two thousand come into phase, but then that's going to throw something else out of phase if it was in phase before. If I have one frequency that's out of phase and I try to use time to correct that, then it's going to push everything else in a different direction because you only are, have the ability to change that time delay on that entire driver. Okay, you see what I'm saying? Yes. So if we had the ability to change, which all pass filters come into, and again, I don't want to get honestly, <laughs> dude. I I have tried and I don't make the I don't mean to make myself sound like a moron but I have tried to wrap my head around all pass filters and I do a lot of reading and I consider myself stupid I'm just kidding uh a relatively intelligent person and I still can't wrap my head around it like I don't even understand it like I don't get it what is we I'm digressing go go ahead with your point and then you can like and try to give me a basic understanding of all pass. I don't know if y'all have talked about it before. Yeah, well, we, we talked about all pass filters. Probably, well, uh, Andy Waymire uh, talk, went into it some on his. Is that how you say that? I think so. I could be I could be wrong. I always say Waymire. I don't know. I don't... <laughs> now, now you got me second. Why? <laughs> now you got me second guessing everything. <laughs> and then um, we went deep into all pass filters. Probably the best explanation of them came for somebody who used to work at a four-letter company, and, and we had to pull that episode unfortunately four letters anyway so um it there's a lot of varying uses for all pass filters people like natan budiono or joe mccabe or andy they're they have much more is it just for two seat tunes well it's no i in my opinion no where it's it's more it's more heavily used in two-seat tunes because in a two-seat tune with a center channel, you can't rely on time to help get your image correct. Because you, if you correct it for one side, it puts it out for the other side. Two-seat tunes crack me up, per, me personally. We are uh, everywhere on this. We, there is no bringing this episode th together. No, no, forget so it. Just, forget it. This is how I roll. <laughs> I'm like, I am like Captain Digress. So, but we're talking about two C tunes. I mean, we're talking about all pass filters. What were we talking about before that? 
I think we were talking. Oh, frequency and time. Right, right. right. Your listeners don't care about that. <laughs> so let's let's talk about two seat tunes for a minute. All right, because so, so nobody now, cares about all seat. Uh, nobody cares about all pass filters because literally, if I can't grasp it, no, nobody listening can. I'm serious, like that. I'm telling you, forget it. Just forget about all pass filters. Buy a computer and let your computer do it. Have you ever heard? I'm of not sure how that worked. How what's the what's the computer have to do with it? I don't know. There's probably some processing that can do it for you. Okay, that would that's there my point. But okay, that's my point because uh, you know everything's archaic apparently. Have you ever heard a two seat, like sat in this seat and then sat in that seat and was like, wow, this car sounds great? Is it in the middle or do you both have your own center? Like, no, it's in the center. It's in the center of the stage or center of the car, for lack of a better term, for both the left and right. How many people compete in two seat these days? The Tom Bodiano is probably the only one that is doing it and not playing a numbers game. Oh, like uh, just like compromising here and there? Well, no, and not compromising. So typically, I mean... That's what I mean. Like yeah. everyone else is playing the... It just sounds let, a little bit better over here. Right, I'll let, take an 80 over here and a 70 over there. Right, right. It, it's more like... So I, I competed in two-seat for a little bit, and it was easier to get better points with a one-seat tune and let the just... Passenger side just, right, just shit on it. Side, <laughs> right, just let the passenger side go. And make the driver's side the best it can and let it compromise out because it, I think it's almost, and this is where we go back to what your your subjectivity side of it, it I think it's almost in the judge's heads already that the passenger side gonna is going to be weaker right. than the driver's side. Because actually I, I tried <laughs> at a... I was, I was just about to ask, I don't know if you're going to say this, but I was just about to ask, have you ever trolled them yes. and tuned it That's to what I was gonna say. So, so yes, in, in 2000, I think it was 2000. That's awesome. I think it was 2015 Spring Break Nationals with the G35. I tuned it to the passenger side, and I did the same thing at C. I think I think that year, I think it was 2015. The car was uh, in their ASCA booth at CES as well, and um, so you know how you it, every time you go to a sound quality event, you have to listen to somebody's cars. They're always like, "Oh, get in the driver's side," right? Obviously. So I see, yes, that year had the car buried in the corner and had everybody listen from the passenger side because the car was tuned to the right side. Nice. Yeah. And so then everybody's like, man, that's amazing. And that's from the passenger side. That's why I love you, Clifford. <laughs> so so th this is where I get in, you know, the judge's expectations because I did the same thing. I competed both in one seat and two seat in Mecca and Iaska. And so, of course, for standard one seat, I had the one seat tuned tuned to the driver's side, but then for the two-seat tune, I just had it flipped and tuned to the passenger side. It was not a two-seat tune, but it was tuned to the passenger side, and the judges were in it for like five minutes, and they got back out, and they're like, there's something wrong. <laughs> Your phase is messed right. up. Because <laughs> it sounds terrible from the driver's side. And they're like, like, like in their head, it was like, just judge what's there, man. Right. What so I ended up getting it in just putting the one-seat tune on. It was like, okay, go. You know, that's where almost every car I've ever got in where somebody, again, I'm not going to name names, but there's been so many people who are like, oh, man, we just, we we figured out two-seat. We got this. We got it. And then you get in, you're like, no, you don't. No, you Because you would totally have done better if you just let me do the one-seat tune on and let the passenger side fly. Because just, again, the, the averages in terms of the, the numbers on the score sheet. Again, and to go back to your subjective versus objective, 
you know, it's it's playing the game. I mean, it's part of it. It's one of those things where the best competitors read the rule book, find out how the scoring is done, and learn the judges and all those things and tune to make that work. They get the feedback, they hit the shows, they get the feedback from the judges, they keep, even if this isn't like, oh, this sounds, this may sound way better or way worse to you, right. but if you want to win, it doesn't matter. It's one of those things where you're you're playing like a game. Subtle, subtle hints to anybody out there that wants to juicy. <laughs> <laughs> but and, and do you need a center channel for juicy? Yeah, I would say so. Yes. Yes. Yeah, I don't think there's a way around that. I mean, uh, I would say Natan is probably the one vehicle that I have consistently been been impressed with over the past few years. That is. Not only consistent left to right, but sounds really good left and right. I've only ever heard two two seat tunes in my life, and they were both compromised, obviously, because right. I get you just have to make those right. compromises. One was um, at CES, I think it was in the hybrid booth, and we were like laid way back. It's part of the Buick. Uh, it had like sixteen. Oh, that's my car. Was that yours? Yeah. I this was like. I don't even know. Years ago, before we'd even uh, met, I don't know. Was it your car? Probably. Um, if it has sixteen subs in it, that was my car. Okay, then it was your car. Was it you that gave me a demo? Probably. It's hilarious. <laughs> <laughs> I was sleeping most of that that show actually because I had driven the driven the car. I driven from Georgia, Atlanta to California to pick up the car, and then I drove from California to Las Vegas overnight to get to CES, and then I, I was asleep like the rest Well, Scott was in the booth, and I was starstruck, so I wasn't worried about you. I just <laughs> wanted to talk to Scott. I just wanted to talk to Scott. I didn't worry about you. That's a, that's most of my life. But, no, it sounded it sounded really good, but I thought I, it struck me that we were we were reclined Here so you, much. But, you know, uh, just to cheat path links. And that's why I said Shaquille Neal could sit in that right, car. Right, right. That, that's and what I was saying when you put some of this 410 in I, there. I thought it was fantastic. I wish I could hear it that same car now because I've heard so many cars since then. Right. You know, I was still quote unquote an SPL guy at oh, the yeah. time. But uh, the other one was Kendrick Rogers' ex Escalade that Chris Pate right. and those guys built and he wanted to let him give me an SQ demo. And uh, if if you guys don't know what I'm talking about, this Escalade is insane. It is Correct, like a pair of thirty-two inch subs. Yeah, in it. it is bananas. It's bananas. Probably one of the one of the highest quality SPL builds in the world. Seriously, it it literally is because I know all the SPL builds, and this one is <laughs> crazy. But I was like, let me hear this thing, man. You know, and so I'm I'm going to walk around the passenger side, uh, driver side, like we do. Right. You know, he's like, no, just get it over there. I'm like, come on, man, let me hear the thing. He's like, I'm telling you, I promise you, it's the same. I'm like, I don't believe you. So I get in and it. And it's it's really good. It's really good. But it's compromised. Right. So in my head, and I'm sure a lot of people listening uh, feel the same way. I paid for this bitch. I built it, or I paid for it, right. or I tuned it. Yeah. I don't give a damn what my kids here. You know? <laughs> Shut up back there. I'm not playing Daddy Shark right. for the back seats. <laughs> but have you ever? <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, yeah, I, I totally do that. I'll get him headphones. <laughs> Look at this guy here. Aaron Hardison is walking by, giving us dirty looks. Giving us the stink eye. I, I got I got stuff for him to do, man. 
It's it. You know how handy it is knowing somebody with a clipple. Like I annoy him more than I annoy you, what? and that's a lot. <laughs> I'm sorry, Aaron. I know exactly. I feel like apologizing to him every day. <laughs> you probably should. <laughs> is that why you didn't even have judge your didn't have him judge your car? You're just yeah. Like... I mean, I just. Oh. <laughs> it's a shame this is audio only. Right. I'll it's, tell you right now. It's the only because he knows it's audio only. Uh, That's exactly. the only reason he did that. Dirty. <laughs> Everybody go send Aaron a dirty message right, right now. Right, right. Mostly just moon him in Facebook. Mm -hmm. No, I think it's amazing what he's doing because he cares about his measurement. Aaron's audio corner. Aaron's audio corner. Shout out. I'm serious. Like, I need to, like, pay him to do some stuff because there are so many companies out there and I'm going to just touch on like not necessarily SPL side but subwoofer side specifically right now because everyone publishes cold small parameters and that is not what do you mean by cold small so when companies publish feel small parameters for their subwoofers their small signal which is less than a watt one volt, whatever it is, whatever bull crap you can get from Parts Express to measure your, your subs. And then you want to design your box around that and then hope that it matches the anechoic response without even factoring your cabin gain in, right? So what a clipple does, it gives you large warm because these all of these parameters shift once the sub starts moving. And guess what? We listen to these things when they're moving. Right. And it's Hard like, moving, not just like yeah, not one even, watt, one meter. Right. Right. <laughs> We're giving them, you know, a lot of watts. So what Aaron does is he, he measures the things when they're warmed up because obviously the parameters are going to shift when the voice coil is warm and the suspension is loose. And then it's obviously going to shift when the thing is moving. Is the FS going to shift up? It's going to shift down. Usually it shifts down. And the warm voice coil versus a, a cold yeah, your voice coil. Sensitivity changes. And... All yeah, all of that, man. And those are those are big deals if you're trying. I mean, you can when correct point two dB and yeah, exactly, exactly. I mean, even with even with SQ, those are those are big right. deals. You know, those are things that you could engineer out instead of having to tune out. And we that's like that's the goal, right? To have a system so good, you don't have to put any EQ on it. And two years, which will never happen. Two years ago, I did that because you'd like me making things hard on yourself. Awesome. But we're not. We're not. I mean, we're not talking about me. No, no, no. But I mean, on that, you know, it's one of those things where no matter how good the speaker driver is, every vehicle is different. So I mean, right. let, um, and I mean, you're going back to like tuning and doing time left and right because of your angle to the speaker. The left side necessarily sounds much different than the right side, you know, as it meets you in your listening position because of how how you're angled to that speaker so because your off-axis response is going to be much different two i don't know if it was two or three years ago it didn't matter how i got the the time alignment dialed in and the car was so good i like turned all the eq off that's how good it was and i'm not touting my own horn i think it was just my driver choice and car choice, I didn't need any EQ. It was that good. I'm not trying to like expose any secrets here or anything, but Steve Head, 
is not a big proponent of EQ. I don't know if you've ever had this conversation with him or not. Not an EQ specifically, no. But but uh, yeah, he's not not a big fan. Not a big fan. He uh, one we got there Aguiland late one night, and he was handing out favors, quote unquote, tuning people's cars for them. Like he got in laptop, listened, did the whole thing, didn't take any measurements, did it by ear, was doing favor like like i said favors because i mean i feel like his time's pretty valuable right guy kind of knows what he's talking about and uh basically i don't know if he was trolling or what but he just turned all the eq off like set all the time alignment by ear and the levels and time alignment by ear turned all the eq off and told the owner of whatever vehicle it was get in with see what you think and they're like oh my god this is life-changing People were like freaked out, you know, like how good it sounded. Yep, I just turned everything off that you did. Right, exactly. I've just erased all of your bullsh- bull crap, and uh, and and now it's better. And I'm wondering, you know, does it? Well, and a lot of a lot of that too is uh, you can people go you down can make the things much hole. right. You can make things much worse trying to correct something right. in the wrong way than it was before you started trying to correct it. So right. I would say that. EQ is a necessary thing in a car, regardless, but yeah, regardless. you can make it much worse. And it's the same with, like, I think why a lot of people stay shy away from talking about all-pass filters is because it's kind of, it's like, that's like EQ times 100 in terms of you can make things so much worse. <laughs> really? By overcooking that. Yeah, yeah. Well, just because you're you're messing with, you're ba- like, in a Helix, for example, the, the all-pass filter is... You can set up pretty much uh, as many bands as you want to use. You can set to be an all-pass filter at basically any of these frequencies. And you're essentially, maybe saying this wrong, but you're kind of just reversing the phase at that frequency. So if you stack it too much and you do things incorrectly, then you can put things out of phase in certain areas and be putting so much energy into something that isn't actually producing much sound, but killing your speaker driver in the, in the process. Wow. So, and, that, and that's where it, the fact that we don't have minute control over the time delay at the frequency, then that's where we can kind of correct it at the crossover point. But then if you have a big problem area somewhere else, you can, reverse that with an all-pass filter and, and bring it back depending on again depending on the situation but that's where it really becomes critical in a uh, two-seat situation because you can't rely on time at that point because then you throw it out for the other side right because the more that i correct something over here with time it's going to throw it Make out it worse for you right whereas with an all-pass filter you can you're relying on levels between your left center and right and all pass filters become much more critical in correcting those phasing issues that you can't do with time in a two seat in a one seat car you can kind of you you may overcook it but yeah. you can rely on using time a little bit more to We need all pass filters in a one one seat they're definitely useful in a one seat as well. Yeah, because, I mean, it, because I again, if you have a certain frequency that's out of out of phase further up, 
you can potentially use it may not be the correct way to, i'm not again i may not be describing it correctly but hey don't listen don't kowtow to your listeners don't worry <laughs> about them comments they don't know what the hell they're talking about anyway they're all moron but if somebody wants to if, if somebody wants to come on and, and yeah. explain this away i'm that's right more than willing if you know more that. than we do come on and <laughs> call in and tell us what's going right. on <laughs> That's Ben Oral at Eschiology. <laughs> <laughs> so just in case this does get crossover to, to, yeah. to my side, do amps sound different? I would say they don't sound, the modern day amplifier, I would say they do not sound different enough to spend insane amounts of money on that potential difference. Now, I would say power. Topology? No, I would say power does make a difference in terms of, you know, if you got a, 25 watt amp versus 150 watt amp obviously that power is going to make a difference or if power ratings are coming into it and somebody is being bogus again this 25 watt amplifier and that 150 watt amplifier if everything else is relatively the same then the 150 watt amplifier will be able to do more than the 25 watt amplifier can without running into distortion but we are doing so many things on the DSP side in terms of modifying the sound. I would say that it would be nearly impossible to find two modern day amplifiers of good quality that... Regardless of topology now? Yes. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Class D or class A or class AB or whatever. Okay. Yeah. Those differences, even if they're there, they should be able to theoretically be easily overcome by all the other things that we're doing after that in terms of tuning. That is literally the exact opposite of what I thought you were going to say. Okay, so we're, we're on to the bonus round now. Now, now, now. Oh, wait, here we go. No, I, I was. Oh, you're about to qualify. No, no, somewhere. I'm not qualifying anything, but. Uh, Class D amplifiers have a much different way of running into distortion than right clipping. Let's just keep everything right. clean. Don't right. don't run it into well, clipping. If you're if you're clipping your Class D amplifier, Class A B amplifier, or whatever, if you're running into that scenario, then you just need a bigger amplifier. Let's say okay. Well, let me just let me just take that one step further. I know we're running out of time here, but let's say you I'm have, not. I got let's say you have a 50 watt Class A, like beast of the beast, best of the best, right? And then you have I don't even know a thousand watt uh, class D. Oh yeah, class right? D every day. And then you run that A into into clipping, and then you and you, the D still running clean. What's going? Class D should theoretically be better at that point. Okay, well there you go, straight from the horse's mouth. Well, I mean not the horse's mouth because like. I mean, Steve Head, for example, he will, he will he argue will that argue that point all day long. Tony Demore will argue that point all day long, but. The more he's trying I, I, I to sell never, you fifteen thousand dollar amplifiers right. too. So. I mean, like the G thirty five had a trunk load of Class D amplifiers in it. Uh, you know, that's right. Seven fifty watt. That's right. It had monoblock seven fifties on everything. Right. Eldridge will argue with. Also had the HD. That's right. HD amps. Maybe it's just the HDs that are I, magic. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, I've had I've had lots of good luck with Class D. Had good luck well, with the Class look, AB. Um, I mean, I, I, I hat went with D. Right. Oh yeah. Yep. Yep. Um. Let's see. Andy decided to go with D. Right. Right. I mean, I I don't. Those guys aren't anybody who is looking at it from a a more scientific approach. 
versus audiophile approach. And I would say that those are two different things a lot of times. Yes. That I, I've never had somebody get in any car that I've given a demo in, which has been mini, which has been both class D and class AB. That's a class D. Yeah. Right. I've never had anybody go, <laughs> oh, well, this sounds such and such a way because of the type of amps it right. has. Right. This is a Nobody's, class D sound signature. Right. Nobody's ever been able to call that out. And anybody who didn't know the car who's then like, you know, yeah. uh, oh, what, you know, you must have such and such. Yeah. And then they see a bunch of Class D subwoofer amplifiers in there, and mm-hmm. it's like, oh. There are so many more important things to worry about, in my opinion. And it goes back to the where we started here, trying to go big or stay home type of thing. It's like, if you're not involved because you think that you need this certain level of, you know, well, I got to have $6,000 worth of amps to compete, you know. Right. You don't. And and again, so much of this is the camaraderie of doing something that we're we're all involved in and we all appreciate and can learn from each other on. I mean, there's like right now we're at Audio X in Florence, Alabama at an SQology event. And I guarantee you that we could both learn from having the same conversation with any of the other people here. Oh, that absolutely. Are here right now. That's the best part about all of this. You get to hear everyone else's interpretation of what sounds fantastic. But at the end of the day, they start to tighten up with what is quote-unquote correct, right? So if you were to line all of these frequency responses, like if you were to measure every car out here, they would all they would start to tighten up. The better cars would start to tighten up with the, with the, the cars that didn't score as well. And you can typically, I mean, the, the most consistent thing that I've seen over the years and seen thousands of score sheets and trying to f- find the answer of sound quality, which I haven't found yet, <laughs> on that given Sunday, almost everybody will almost always agree on what the best one or two cars were. They might even flip-flop those two, but the best car of the day almost the always... educated listeners. Right. Right, when you're doing it with a reason, right. with thought, with a score sheet and the, you know, the media in front That's of you, right. given a criteria, the best car will almost always float to the top and the worst car will almost always float to the bottom. That's right. But then, like, say there's 30 cars, the difference between placement 7 and 10 might be, okay, they all are on a score sheet very similar. Right. They're all mediocre in their own little way. Sure. You know, and on another side of it and at that point you you just you need to take the feedback right. and fix it. So even if they're all middling right. and they're all similar and all have And there may be some things that you can't even do anything about. Like if right. if you're in a pickup and the sub is like literally three feet behind you, yeah. um, there's only gonna be so much that you can do to make that perception of the sub bass better. If you're competing in a car that has no kick panels and you're competing in a class with people that are using kick panels for their mid bass and you're stuck with the doors and maybe your door, you're using like a VW Golf with little tiny doors and yeah. your, your mid bass are right beside you, without making physical changes, you right. are, may not be able to, to improve things. I mean, different vehicles, cater to sound quality better but again it's spl and sound quality even though they're both car audio there are so many cavernous differences in how we approach competition with the two things and i there are so many similar comparisons to sound quality competition out there 
that to come back to your subjective versus objective thing, trying to say that sound quality is not subjective and say that there's some magic trick to it that makes it a similar approach in terms of competition as SPL, I think is foolhardy in that it's just not how it is. I mean, what do you, what do you say to people that say, let's just keep it objective and just use an RTA? Put an RTA at the headrest, let everybody run pink noise and see who's the closest to whatever tar- uh, house curve, target curve that uh, all of you experts have decided is the perfect sound or flat or whatever. Well, A, I would say it's fairly easy to make everybody be able to hit that one thing because it's not picking up on all of the things in terms of staging cues, imaging cues, all those things. That that only really covers frequency response, right? Right. So, you know, how far do we go with that? It's very boring. I mean, the fact that we have we have RTA competition in in Mecca and everything now, right? But hardly anybody does that. Like today, when we would right, well, it's part of Bobos, easily, right? Yeah, and we yeah, can easily RTA. do RTA today. I mean, and and have that, but nobody wants to compete in it. So I think know. that's how DB Drag does it. I think they do an RTA thing, but instead of the objective thing, with sound quality competition is not only just getting together with other people that have a like interest, but also. I think it's because of some of that subjectivity that actually brings more interest to it. I think so, too. So, I think we solved a lot of issues today. I think so, too. I think I everybody think we... should have a better a better understanding of what they don't know. And what and they, they definitely have a better, better understanding of what we don't know. Of what we don't. They <laughs> definitely have a way better understanding of what Taylor Fate doesn't know, <laughs> which is a lot. A lot. So, but I like that part. I like the learning, man. Right. I like the science. I like talking to you and to him and to that guy and the person that I think I know more than that I, I just learned something from. You know <laughs> what I mean? I love that aspect. Yeah. I mean, and that's just community. That's a big reason a lot of people get into it in the first place is because there is that ever. I, I think as soon as you start presenting yourself as somebody who knows it all, that's when it starts going downhill for you as yes. a person. Yeah. Just because. For sure. And that goes back into that those bigger builds and trying to be the expert. You know, it's like you almost always see those people fall to face of the map. That's right. Faster than anybody else because they have this again this this perception yeah. that they think they need to keep up. And it's like if you just come into it ready to hang out and have fun and learn from other people and put put a hundred percent into it. Humility is like the most underrated trait. Seriously, <laughs> I mean I don't have any of it, but I'm the most humble person I know. So uh, one of the things that your listeners may not know, I know a lot of your listeners maybe come from the SBL side. Well, some of them anyway. One of the things that I really, really appreciate and hate, it's funny, it's like a two-way street. One of the things that I appreciate and hate about the SQ side is a lot of competitors pay people to do their builds. I hate it. And it's not jealousy, because I could pay someone to do my my shit. I just, I I get enjoyment and satisfaction out of doing my own shit. But I also know I'm not the greatest fabricator, so I stay in lower classes because I don't I'm not gonna do install just yet. But on the flip side of that, what I really, really appreciate about those guys is they give credit where credit is due. Like their builds will will say built by such and such on the trunk 
or the first thing out of their mouth is, yes, this person did amazing job on this build. Like they don't try to claim it as their own versus the SPL side. That happens all the time. And I cannot tell you how much that annoys me. Like if you're going to pay somebody to do it, fine. I don't have a problem with it built not bought like we that's a whole nother podcast a lot of the sq guys the the premise of competition that started out in the beginning was really to build the industry to build the shops i mean harry kamira's car that's sitting in there right now that acura legend Mm -hmm. i mean when you know their team was built around the shop i mean same here with audiox there's five or six guys here that are competing that the team is built around the shop and you know steve cook building these cars and they go out and compete them and everything but i mean that that whole aura is kind of what car audio competition has always been about going back even further it's like manufacturers versus manufacturers right like back in the day and i'm probably dating myself here but it was kicker versus five gate. Like that was <laughs> that was the thing. You know what I mean? Like that was uh that was the Ford versus Chevy, basically. Yeah, and, and they both it was similar similar times. But I mean, Speaker Works, like for example, with the the legend, you know, they had Richard Clark. Yeah, you know, he got the uh, he got Grand National from Speaker Works, and then Speaker Works oh, followed here up we in, go. in building it. Spoke the name that shall not be spoke. Spake. Richard Clark. Yes, I interviewed him on here. Did you really? Yes. Shut the hell up. No, seriously. Oh, my God. Why don't I listen to this podcast? Why don't you listen to this podcast? Honestly, why don't you listen to my podcast? I do. You lie. I do. I I watch, watch like, 30 seconds of you and Skip starting out, and And then then I get bored. Shut it off. You're done. (laughs) Then I go to a different YouTube channel. (laughs) If this is a podcast (laughs) that I could download onto my podcast app, then I might listen to it. Oh, my God. Have you ever thought of that? Richard Clark's in information, I've got to have him on. I will 1,000% put all of my listeners to sleep, all of our viewers to sleep just, to interview Richard Clark. You can just post my interview up with. You won't ask him the questions that drunk T. Fade will ask him, though. Yeah, I drove to his shop in North Carolina. To oh, did you really? Yes, I did. I think it's great. It's great you also it, weren't there for the Mineo interview, and that was that's disappointing. Mineos? Yeah. Was that... No, were you there or was it just Ben? Ben just Ben did it. Yeah, just I won't I won't go talk to him. <laughs> <laughs> he was way less crazy than I thought he was gonna be. Oh, there were crazy. There, there was there, 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 there was there some were crazy, crazy bonus episodes there was some that are craziness. still waiting. There was some crazy. Oh, was there, I was I, there I just, bonus clips? I, I just don't want to get lost. Oh my god! Everyone, email Ben Zimmerman at hotmail.com, AOL dot org. Uh, to get the Maneo bonus clips immediately. And even, even at the time, like, I didn't have... Have I, you ever I, heard I, that, Camaro? That big of issue? No, I, I've never even seen it. I've seen it in pictures. Oh, yeah, but... Yeah. yeah. Just tell me well, about I mean, Richard he, Clark. He only, Shit he only, on Maneo. Tell me about Richard only, Clark. I mean, Michael only competed, like, six or seven years. I mean, it was like... I mean, I, he I acts guess like he was, he was the for... Duke of Detail. <laughs> His speaker box was designed with a block of ice. Where you been, man? Because fiberglass and ice really work together They're extremely fantastic. well. I've tried it. I'm telling you, it's amazing. Uh, Tell me about Richard Clark. He's a cool dude, man. Dude, I mean, I've gotten in fist fights behind the Richard Clark challenge. Why? Because people say amps sound differently. And I say, Richard Clark will give you $10,000 if you if I mean, you can pick them out. I mean, we, we we talked about it in the in the episode, so you'll have to listen to it. But How long ago was that? 
What episode? Do you know the number? Oh, it's not that. F- you got you got phone calls yeah, coming. Excusez-moi. I only do like an episode a year that I get posted up. So it was like, are you not on every week with fall? No, Ben? No. Jeez. So it was like what a fall. treat for Ben. It's like, right. So it was like fall <laughs> 2018. I think then we we did the interview. I think I posted it up maybe 2017. I don't know. It's only like three episodes back. <laughs> so here we go. Just look for episode 39. It's not. Just, I, don't even, I don't even have his name on. Listen, it. consistency creates credibility. Well, yeah, but I'm not so. <laughs> credible <laughs> or consistent. Or consistent <laughs> either. I consistently ride my bike, but right. I can't consistently put a podcast hey, out. At least there's that. <laughs> at least there's that. Seriously, if anybody doesn't know this, well, obviously you you shouldn't. Uh, <laughs> yeah. But I annoy Clifton more than anyone should about uh, riding bikes, and I actually blame him for all of my weight loss. So, you know, it's you my suck. Fault. <laughs> You suck. I think I think I've done more. Uh, my my number one contribution to the cardio community is making the overall weight weight go right. Go down. Is that actually and <laughs> shifting centers? Right, because <laughs> everybody's not absorbing as many high frequencies. Everybody's everybody's center image is going to be off this year because they're all skinny. Oh my god, that's terrible. Oh, it's a conspiracy. I'm I changing think. car audio single handedly. With I'm gonna all right. I'm gonna ask you a tough question. Yeah. All right, let's just say I'm not going to give you a, a dollar amount. I'm going to give you like a piece of a pie. Let's say 100%. And you can allocate however many percentage points you want to every point of the system. Like every single aspect of a system. All right? So let's say speaker drivers, literally every every aspect. Speaker drivers... Speaker wire, speaker uh, RCA cables, interconnects, head unit, processor, install, subwoofers, build, all that. Give me, just break it down. What would your percentage points be? Because, you know, everyone's always like, oh, it's 90% install and 10% equipment. So, I would say it, let's, it, let's just get granular. It depends on the vehicle. Let's say I've got a Dodge Ram versus a Ford F one fifty. Well, also let's not let, let's not care about class. Let's just say I don't, I don't care about class. Okay, I have no right, class. Uh, right. Okay, so <laughs> two street vehicles, and that's uh, a good class. Yeah. So two Mecca street vehicles. That's a great class. One's a Ram and one's a Ford F one fifty. Two of probably the most popular vehicles, at least. Really? Your state, my state. I don't know. I mean, yeah, those are probably the two most popular vehicles. So, okay, there you go. The the Ram, you know, you put a full-range driver in the stock dash location. You've already got a 6x9. You've got great doors. You put a bunch of about 100% more sound editing than you thought you would have to do in the doors. And you can get pretty much 90% of the way there with that. From there, yeah. doing it. But you're not, I'm th- I was talking about budget. I know, I know, but I'm saying that from that point. Oh, you're just you're you're thinking it out. You're, right, right. Yeah, okay. You're thinking so, out loud. I got you. probably with around six or seven hundred dollars from you know various possible speaker drivers, you could make that front stage done in a factory location with a couple hundred dollars, and then a couple hundred dollars worth of which is probably like door prep, right, and mounting rings. Six or seven hundred bucks in speaker drivers. Probably somewhere in there. Yep, and then from there. Tap into the factory factory location. We didn't pick a budget. Oh, I know. So you're saying 
I'm assuming, let's just say $10,000, buddy. So you're saying. Well, I don't, I don't, well, I'm, not, I'm not gonna say. I, I'm so, so you're like, I don't know, 10% prep install. In that case, 20% speaker drivers. No, it sounds like that's more than. You're overthinking this. I am. Okay, so. Let's I'm just trying to get, I'm trying to tell the people where they should allocate their money. Well, I mean. You need it, to give again, them percentages. It, but it, it depends on the vehicle. It, well, but because that's what I'm saying. If, you know, like a Dodge Ram is pretty much set up. Like you drop in those four speakers. What difference does it make? Because in an F-150, you got like five by sevens in the doors and tweeters in the wrong spot. So now you got to get pillars done. So now there's a $1,000 there. Well, okay. Let, I'll tell you what. Let's, let's take install out of it. Or, you can't. Uh, well, t- let's take fabrication out of it. Let's say the person listening. Knows can, exactly what they're doing. Can fabricate whatever they need to. Okay. So. Let's take that out of it then, right. because, I mean, obviously you could just drop your shit off here at Steve Cook's shop. Let's just take that out and and let's say, get less granular, I guess, and say how much money, how much of their budget should they spend on speaker drivers versus interconnects versus processor versus amps, subwoofers. Prep is obviously I, huge. I mean, it's just throw it out there, man. No one's no one's gonna hold your feet to the. I understand side. that, but it's so tough to say exactly how that rolls out when the. I mean, every vehicle, every approach is going to be different. I mean, you about the crawfishingest person I ever had on this podcast. It's my podcast. <laughs> you don't have a podcast. You have a YouTube <laughs> channel. Exactly. I, okay, I'll, I'll give a couple of my own scenarios. So my Dodge Neon, which is probably the best sounding car I've had, and probably my favorite build even though the car i had a thousand dollars in the car so that was my percentage it's there. a dodge neon right i had threes in the dash and six and a half in the door so Do they have threes on the dash yeah damn i might need to be looking for an srt4 here soon so, yeah, i would so reach shit so retail i had five six seven eight nine eight eight hundred i guess in the front stage had a single ten in a is that Q, enough? Q logic box in the back. That's enough for judging, huh? Not enough for personal preference, but I mean, I don't know. I don't. I had this mid base dri- drivers cross over at like forty five hertz, so Ooh. driving you didn't really make a notice. But and most most everybody liked the sub base in that car. Had a, a five let's see here had a five channel JL HD nine hundred five and a um, Audison Bit ten. Blech. Right, and then <laughs> I mean, why is Audison processing so bad? Shout out Brad Noblock. Well, I think the problem is is that they like design the software tied to that piece of hardware and then never update it. It's so then like twenty years later, they're still selling the same thing with without it being updated. Later on, I switched to a I think it was the first Zapco Studio five channel. Now, too, I mean, they have the DSPs built into the amp. Anybody listening notice he's dodging the question? I'm not like because... Totally, I'm not like, because the, the, there is It seems no like answer. a simple question. It's not, it seems okay. like a very simple question. So, I mean... Like, I, I would spend I would, this would much say, on this and this much on that. So, I mean, if, if you're going to set your priorities... here, here's, Yeah, priorities. That's okay, like so the my, point of the question. Okay, so my priorities would be first... Number one, always on the execution of the install... Because no matter what you put in, 
whether the execution of the install means it's a $30,000 install or a $500 install, the execution is going to be the most important part with based <laughs> on the vehicle and what you're approaching it by. And That's then such a dime answer. Choosing, dude. That is such a dime answer. And then choosing the right speaker drivers for the application. That's such a dime answer. Which could no mean, one ever gets a straight answer on that form ever. There's no straight answer in car audio. Yes, there is. No, there, there is. is. Absolutely, like, a which straight bike answer. do you buy? The the one you can afford. The fastest one you can afford, or the fastest one you want to spend on money on. I don't okay, know, but are you are you riding on gravel or are you riding on road? Or, I mean, are you? That's different. That's very straightforward. You're making this. You tell me that I'm the one that makes shit complicated at, or or more difficult than it should be. You're making this question way more difficult than it should be. Basically, I'm asking: execute on the install. Choose the right speakers for the the location. So at install hand. is is not really is it in the budget? Is it not in the budget? So I guess that's a question that guess, listeners have to decide if on their you're own. Able to do it or not? That's right. It's if like, you could do it on your own, then it's zero percent of your budget. So well, I guess it's you still have gonna to be time. I mean, you still have to uh, you have to budget the gonna, proper materials. Right. You're still gonna put the time in, especially it. sound deadener and, and, and absorption you have a garage and stuff like that. Which I don't. Right, but but that's that's not a thing. Like time. You're not going to put a price on time. My time is worth way more than your time. That's true. So let's just. That's why you're able to do a weekly podcast and I'm not. (laughs) (laughs) So let. All right. I I think we've uh, we've gotten too far afield. Install correct correct speakers for locations. We have to assume the install is like tits. Let's assume the install is tits. Like everybody has the perfect install. So let's just. Why are you so mad? Let's. I this happens every single podcast. There's something that always triggers me, and this is the this is apparently this is the one. Let's assume the install is tits and everybody's perfect. Let's just break it down to speaker drivers, uh amps, processing, and interconnects. How about that? I'll put the interconnects at the bottom of that list. So nobody 2%, cares. 2%. No one cares. Right. So Steve Head is wrong. Tenfold. Shout out, Steve Head. Your uh, okay. blue jeans cables are garbage. Amps next to the bottom. Next. Okay. Here we go. There's, I need to listen to this uh, Richard Clark podcast, <laughs> I guess. I'm not saying amps are important. I'm saying I wouldn't. You're digressing. I wouldn't focus there. Yeah, I need a percentage. So I don't know. Okay, interconnects two percent of your budget. So you're spending two dollars for every hundred. Right. Uh, amps ten dollars. Five six hundred bucks on amp. Ten bucks. No, not ten bucks. I, like, again, I'm not saying don't go to like Kmart and get your amp. Are you sure? Well, okay, but it's like the bikes thing, right? I'm not going to go when to Walmart you get to a certain and spend hundred fifty bucks on. When you get to a certain right. point, but if I spend a thousand bucks on something, I can. I'm probably getting close. In the Relatively ballpark. assured. Right. I mean, that the difference, the difference between the difference between a two thousand dollar bike and a ten thousand dollar bike are not going to be no, not appreciated so. much by no. most people. No, and it's not, the same not me. Not not if you me. You go spend especially. you know seven hundred fifty bucks on amp versus ten grand on an amp. I don't think you're going to appreciate the difference. No, in you're definitely no, definitely not. And if you, it's the same in speakers. I mean, if you spend, I now that fifty bucks on a set of speakers versus five or six hundred bucks on a set of speakers versus twenty five thousand dollars on a set of speakers, I would say that being in the middle zone is probably going to be much better right. than being at the bottom or top because you're not going to get twenty five thousand dollars worth out of those speakers, and you're not going to really get value out of fifty dollars set of speakers. But if you get in that middle. 
point, it's like anything. You're going to have the best solution for, for the job at hand. With DSPs, I think the biggest approach with DSPs is going to be the software for the most part because I don't think there's much, uh, again, in the middle zone in the when you're spending 400 to $2,000 on DSP, somewhere in there, you know, the hardware differences are going to be the nerdy, well, this one has this DSP chip, and this one has, no, sorry, you the can't convince me that I can, I can't the hear the, uh, you can't convince me that I yep. can hear the difference between this. But, but the software, if you can use it versus you can't use it, is going to be a personal choice based on what you're able to accomplish. Something like, JL audios or or audio controls are easier, but they don't have the power of others that somebody might appreciate. So again, it depends on if you know what you're doing with tuning or you don't. If you don't, then get the simpler DSP that costs less and just get it done, which is going to sound way better than if you don't use it at all. Never heard of anybody dodge a question. There isn't that. an answer. <laughs> I'm not dodging it. There just isn't There's an answer. absolutely an answer. <laughs> there is not. Just tell the people where to spend their money, man. Just tell the people. Go to finals. Listen to the cars. Find out the commonality between those cars, which is most likely going to be the person behind the installation and tuning of those cars. And then go to that person and say, this is my car. This is my budget. And what can you do for me? So not speakers. Speakers aren't the answer. Dropping speakers are an answer. I, Installation I answer, and tune. I, we all know that already. Thanks for you, all your insight, Clifton. You're fired. You're so fired. <laughs> you can't fire. <laughs> You're fired. Fire you from your own, own no, sound cast. <laughs> Audio <Fire>. only cast. <laughs> the not YouTube You're so cast. Fired. Like so many people ask me, it, because obviously in my job, people ask me sure, every day what speakers obviously. I should yeah. I, I should buy. Uh, yeah. And what is your vehicle? What's you know? What are you doing? What else are you doing? It's it's like I'm not going. If you're if you get a new Honda Civic, and you say, okay, wh- what do I need? What exhaust should I get? I'm not going to tell you to go out and spend thirty five hundred dollars on a new catback. No, because straight pipe it and be done. <laughs> Just cut it. <laughs> Just cut it out. You'll be done. Headerless. But I mean, if you're not building a race car, you don't need a $3,500 catback system to appreciate the difference. But if you're if you're doing a built motor and force induction and all these other things, what is the difference between yes, a $3,500 catback? I have no idea. I'm not exhausted. And guy. a $350 catback. Is there the a $350 same... catback? Yes. Really? Yeah. Is this like an eBay thing? Like yes, Alibaba? Exactly. <laughs> That's exactly what it is. I mean, I haven't bought exhaust for a long time, but I thought Flowmasters were like 350 bucks. So yeah. I don't know. Maybe I don't know. <laughs> Who the hell is spending? Uh, only BMW clowns spend $3,500 on a catback. Is that right? Well, German. We're I calling mean, out BMW people now? Yes. Email Ben Oral at SQL. <laughs> Email TaylorPayne at gmail.com. I'm, I'm straight piping. I'm straight piping. Uh, just cut it. I just I I just want to know where people should spend their money. And if they can do their own they, install they, and tune, they then they should spend their money on speaker drivers. Then they know what they're doing. They'll be able to figure it out themselves. No, that's not true. Just because somebody can lay concrete don't mean that they know how to clog dance. You're the worst interview ever. <laughs>
don't know what that means. I don't know what that means. I just, Your analogies suck. That was a fantastic analogy. <laughs> it was not. I'm just saying. It was useless. Dude, just because you can like fiberglass some speakers into your uh, A-pillars doesn't mean you know how to tune I'm not, it. I would, no. I, I would agree completely because you see so many people out there who are amazing fabricators who obviously do not understand sound whatsoever because right. they wouldn't be like literally blocking the sound with their beautiful yeah. artwork. Shout out Brad No Block. Oh, you gotta get personal. <laughs> How did Brad even do that? I don't even. I don't know. I've gotten off topic now. Just were we on topic? Uh, no, I digress constantly. That's I should just change my name to T Digress. The, the point is that I don't think there's a single answer for you. So yes, there's absolutely. What is a it? You tell I don't me know. that. I'm looking for it. <laughs> You're just, not gonna I'm, find I'm, it. I want you to give me the magic pill and there's all no the listeners. There's all no the magic listeners pill. right now. They've been hanging on. They aren't. They are. They've been gone like for 45 minutes. On the edge minutes. of their seat, waiting <laughs> for you to tell them. Give them the magic pill to make their car sound better. What is it? Pay somebody else Effort, to do it? Effort, get no. feedback, and improve. Effort. Nobody wants to hear that shit. But it, okay, how do you ride a bike faster? Well, that's different. No, it's not. That's physical. So, but this is too. It, you, you have could, to get better with feedback. You get better with feedback and feedback. improvement. Feedback is the big deal, right? Go to a sound quality show. Right. Listen to some cars. And be honest about how your shit sounds. And be honest about how someone else's like, sounds. It's like somebody else who will remain nameless in, in the Facebook and groups world. But if you, if you never get an evaluation of comparison, you can tell everybody that you have the best sounding car in the world, right? It's like... Well, that's what I tell everybody. Every, everybody on my block says I have the best barbecue sauce ever. If I never challenge that outside of the people who tell me that I had the best tasting barbecue sauce ever, do you really? I do. Then I can tell everybody that because you, I've never brought it for anybody else to actually taste. I've never compared it to another barbecue sauce. And you know what's funny is, in fact, I've never even had I'm, another barbecue I'm sauce. I'm not even going to challenge that. I will say, you know what? I heard Clifton had the best yeah, barbecue sauce so. in the world. That's right. Right. That's all that matters. Interesting. It's again like the cycling thing. If you're if you're the fastest guy in your group, then you can be like, I'm the fastest guy in my group. I am the fastest guy in my group. Because you don't, you, you're the only guy. Uh, one. <laughs> <laughs> That's, but now, but know, if you go racing, Strava, yeah. Strava be telling all <laughs> truths. But if, Strava. If you go, Follow me on Strava. If you go racing, then you might have another, you know, might have another thing coming because there are maybe people that are better than you. Best car you've ever heard in your whole life. I would say there's not a best car. There are memorable cars. Give me top three. You get three. Oh, man. And then I'm like, I got to kick you off of my podcast. <laughs> top three best cars you ever heard. Most memorable cars you ever heard. No, In no particular order. I don't remember. See, that's how memorable they were. Wow. Wow. I see. I put him on the spot. Nobody ever. Ben, you're going to have to do something with this podcast. You got to put Clifton on the spot more often if you're Top listening straight. to this. I'm going to have to think that. No, I'm going to have to think you're that gonna, one out. You're going to have to uh, think that one through. I'll tell you one of my favorites yeah. while you're thinking. Yeah. Hulk. The Hulk from last year yeah. was one of the most fun cars I've ever heard in my life. The thing was amazing. Talking about John Maham? I don't even remember the guy's name. It's a green, like, green SUV, smallish. Oh, um, I think he calls it the Hulk. Yeah, no, that, that's the kicks. car you're talking about. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That thing was sick. I know you're talking about. Um, Chad Bowie's truck 
from a -hmm. few years ago when he had tins and doors. Right. That thing was a lot of fun. And notice I'm saying a lot of fun because none of these scored very well at all. Chad Bowie struck that year, I think middle of the pack, like 15th in the money round. And uh, Hulk last year was like seventh in his class, Mm -hmm. I think. And then, you know, I can't even, I can't even classify the NASCAR and uh, some of the most ridiculous cars. Uh, they're, they're like, and a uh, heads truck. Like, you can't even classify them. Because they're just, they're on, a ne- they're on another level. But those cars, you hear them. If you, if you let someone who wasn't you or half your listeners get in there, they'd be like, oh, my God, I am now a sound quality nerd. Like, those are the ones that we need to hook in. You guys need to stop being so sterile and clinical and oh, make I would, shit I would, fun to listen I would to. I would absolutely agree. I think they're, they're, we can do we can do much better at we gotta, uh, we gotta hook broadening, broadening the community than the same hundred people that come to church. Every I'm, week. I'm not letting get a, I'm not letting you off the hook. You, you've got to come up. Give me three, man. I listen. I could. You're not going to offend I, anybody. No. Just, oh, I can absolutely. And if you say Black Betty, I will beat you to death. I've never heard Black Betty. It was the last time I heard that car was white, and that actually was one of the more memorable times, one of the more, most memorable listens, because I had, I heard it. I actually snuck into Scott's garage while he was out of town. Shut up. I was returning his trailer after stealing it for like and a year. Now and now he knows. Yeah, oh, he, know, he knows already. <laughs> I, I put an article in Pass Mag about this. It was like 2002, 2000, 2003. It was after Finals 2002. And my wife, who was my girlfriend at the time, and I actually took that trailer down and Snuck into his garage and took a listen, and and that was Are that you was a writer memorable. for Pass Mag. I've written articles in Pass Mag. That's Mag. amazing. I'm not for it. That's fantastic. So that that was memorable just because of like the whole situation. And I fed you that one. That doesn't count. All right, you did feed me that. Yeah. It wasn't even one thousand percent. The car was white. I fed you that one. And the steering wheel was on the other need side. Three. I still need three. Oh my god. Still need three. Man. I, I'm I the, uh, it doesn't even have to be like all time. Just give me like the last. I'm couple I'm just trying years. to remember any cars right now. I've heard so many. They like, all they're just they all, all blend in. Exactly. Nothing it's stands like out. One big potato that head. Is so that is so insulting to everyone out there that's listening that you that judged. they th- that they thought that they were the best car. I I've mean, ever heard. obviously, my Colorado stood out to you because it was. Oh it, man, it, was it did. So amazing. Yeah. It was so. It was so. There was another vehicle that I think that same weekend that really stood out to me too in the same way. There are memes about it, apparently. I don't think I finished last that, that weekend. Okay, do you have three worst you want to call people <laughs> yeah, No, I already called you out. That's one. <laughs> I, I mean, is there two more? I have is no idea. Is there two more? Also, side note, it was all audio frog in that truck. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, it did, I don't think brands mattered in that no, truck no, that no, year. No, definitely did not. <laughs> definitely difference. did not. Dude, there were so many... Problems with that truck. Anyway, you're you're digressing. I'm not digressing. This is like, you even, name I, this podcast I, digress. I haven't even started. I will. I haven't even started progressing because I can't even. Nothing. Man. You got nothing. I got nothing. I can't. That is. That. You I'm know what? Thinking, that hurts my heart. I know. That hurts my heart that nothing has moved you. You're just dead. Just, I'm dead, just inside. dead inside. When was the last time you had frisson? <laughs> I don't even know. Frisson. That's when your your hair stand up on it. Is it a song or is it a system? Something's got to move you, man. Tell tell me what moves Clifton. Right there. I'm really Tony. When he got his award last year, dude. Mm-hmm. 
It it got me. He's a good dude. It it got me. Like I was. Yeah, I mean, at the MSC show last year, I think he probably got the tallest trophy ever awarded in, in sound quality. There was, was cool. his joy, brought me joy. You know what I'm saying? Like it. I've never seen that guy without a smile on his face. Shout out Tony Rodriguez. Good guy. Lots of good people. I think that's the biggest thing for me is the people and the, the stories. The people, for sure. For sure. And I'm assuming that's why you don't want to call out any specific builds because you I'm, just, you love everybody. Everybody's trying. shit sound is terrible. I'm not trying to call or not call out anybody. I just, I, I really, I mean, I, nothing, nothing's floating to the top of my head that I can remember right that, now. That's a shame. It is. Because right? it seems like there should be some builds that stand out and or you being put on the spot more often. Which apparently probably, doesn't happen enough. Probably me be, being put on the spot more often. Yeah, that wasn't really a question I, I was prepared for. And it's what I did to everybody else because I never lay bills prepared. How many times have you ever told someone after you've gotten out of their truck or car vehicle and listened to it, judged it, went through the whole thing, and gotten out of it and you're walking away? How many times have you ever told someone just to just to burn it? Just at least it, once. Just to burn it down. Like, <laughs> I know, it's, not, I know, it's not working. I know, at least one time. It's not working. Just <laughs> just burn it and start over. Just. <laughs> Why are you going to get personal? True, true story. This is a personal? true story. I'm not making this up. Burn it. Burn it. Yeah, I meant it. Yeah, I stand I behind it. I, don't, I, I, I mean, ain't backing down from that one at you know? all. <laughs> no. I'm just wondering if it was, that, if it was the rear fill specifically... Or if it was just in general that bad. Oh no, it was it was a refill in specific. But you remember this one? I remember that you one. You remember this one? You don't remember the ones that stand out <laughs> in, in a good way, but you remember the ones that you want to burn down. Egg crate foam and rear fill. And Those, I think it was the same weekend. <laughs> it was the same weekend. Super grumpy. Ninety pounds ago. Super grumpy. Sixty-four cars in a weekend. Oh my god. And what that was that when they it were was hot doing it in like August? Or yeah, something? it was horrible. Oh my god! Thank you, Chris, for moving it. To, I moved it. Or you? Everybody's so grumpy. I was just telling like people are like, "Can I just run it, the AC on? I swear I won't mark you off for any engine noise or anything. I swear to God." Right. It is so hot, SQ. I don't think people understand. I, I will. I will say. You know, I've. I think I've told the story before. Maybe on here. Maybe not. But. In one of those years in Aggieland, everybody was arguing about uh, window coverings or not having window That's coverings right. because Mecca versus Iaska and all this other stuff. And there was only one class that didn't allow them anyway. It was no, Iaska doesn't at all. Oh, at all? No. But now they do in every single class, right? No. Or is that still not? Mecca does. Yeah, I don't read rule books. I don't know. <laughs> Terrible. Anyway, maybe it was the same year at Aggieland as like the year everything happened, but definitely the two best vehicles that weekend for me were were. There was, there was two of the best vehicles, and one of them was the darkest vehicle of the weekend, and one of them was the brightest vehicle inside of the weekend, and they were both my favorite ones. So I was like, okay, so the whole window coverings versus not window coverings made no bearing on me whatsoever. Interesting. But the what the two vehicles did have in common is Steve Head's Blazer and Mark Eldridge's NASCAR. Uh, they both have air conditioners piped into them. Dude, that's not fair. And that was... The difference rude. from it. you, you, you pipe an air conditioner in. I will give you a ninety all that day is long. So rude. I will, <laughs> I will. You heard it here first, people. 
Heard it here first. I mean, I announced on the last podcast that the last time I was judging was last weekend. So you'll Dude, probably never be judged by me so again. <laughs> but I guarantee you, so you pipe bad. in an air conditioner and you'll be okay. Oh Don't worry God. about your windows. That's I'm like, irrele- I'm like irrele- mentally routing. Like, I mean, you can't really drill anything in because you're, you know, going to... I'll figure it Throw out. yourself out of your I'll class. Fi- I'll figure it out. You I'll, can't be in stuff. Not that you have I'll class, run it but. up the exhaust and into the defrost. <laughs> hey, I got, got this. that. I got that. Wow, you heard it here first. The number one thing, not amps, not speaker drivers. Air conditioning. N- air conditioning. That's it. There it is. That's the answer. Keep the judges from sweating balls all over your seat, right. and you will get and 90s. I'll be announcing my new stock legal SQLG air conditioner next week. <laughs> <laughs> here we go. <laughs> Here we go. It's oh only, my God. That would be awesome. It's class AB. It's only two thousand dollars. <laughs> fully, uh, fully linear. Right. right. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so anyway, like, it's I, like thirty percent efficient, but it it sounds fantastic. So I better get these score sheets because we gotta get the show wrapped up. Yep. All right. Thanks. Yes, sir. Bye. <laughs>